Like I presented myself being like blackity black, black. Like they got the locks. If you look at pictures of me presenting that I have on Ankara, I have on just anything, a dashiki, just something like, look, I'm blackity black, black. And honestly, it's not like I just walk around wearing that stuff all the time, but it was almost, it became almost like a costume. So like, this is what it is. Like, yes, I'm a black woman. And I would start, I would start presentations off with just something real shocking, just to kind of shock them into listening. Then I'm like, fact check it. Like I might say, you know what? I'd rather work with a mom who was using meth than a mom who was smoking cigarettes. And they'd be like, oh my God, like what, what? And so then I would start explaining why, because I had to get their attention some kind of way. So I ended up being me on steroids and it worked. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? This is Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. You're listening to uh, our our part two of our episode with the lovely young ladies. Fellas, what's on your mind? Man, I just want to laugh at uh, Quibi. And you guys probably are like, Quibi who? And what is that? That yeah, lets you know. Were- how bad it is, but uh, <laughs> it, it was supposed to be like a Instagram, Netflix, like uh, YouTube replacement. They were doing like fifteen minute clips, and they were they had like a whole bunch of big names behind them. They had raised one point seven five billion with a B dollars, and uh, they shut down in six months. So yeah, they uh, it, it's it's funny what you can do with one point seven five billion dollars and still not make it. So can I let me ask you something? I see a lot of people celebrating that. Were they like real arrogant and cocky? Like why are people so happy that they failed? Yeah, it was basically that. It was like they came in and they they raised all this money and they were like they were gonna kill YouTube. Uh but it was their model was just stupid. Like they didn't have a free version at all. Um and so they weren't gonna be able to get followers. The cheapest version was like four ninety nine with ads. And then seven ninety nine without ads, and it was like they didn't have really good content, and and so it was just like, why would I go there for this like mediocre content or try to get these fifteen minute clips uh, for quick content when I can go to YouTube and get the same thing for free, basically? So it it the model just didn't make sense to folks, and so people were just like, this is stupid. I don't know why people are uh, putting in one point seven billion dollars into it. And then when it failed, everybody's like, see, I told you so. So I think that's why they're celebrating. It's just like, it was kind of like, that's that was a dumb idea. I told you so. Did you have a subscription? No, no. Okay, I'm just making no. sure. So I, it, it's just, you know, when, when you talk about that much money getting pump, pumped into a business, for everybody out there who thinks you got a stupid idea or you think your business plan isn't um, worth it, Quibi. Just just think about that. Quibi. <laughs> so that that that's not encouraging. That's basically telling them not to do it, Razzy. No. You, you tell them they're gonna get, fail. Hey, hey, those uh those owners got one point seven five billion dollars. Uh they pumped that in there. They made Touché. money off that Touché. six uh months. <laughs> well, I, I got three quick things. One looking forward to getting into part two with the uh three young ladies. Hope everybody enjoyed part one. Uh, two, Disney. 
what is you doing? <laughs> like a hundred and fifty four dollar ticket? You you couldn't hook Shonda Rhimes up with that? Like I'll be the first. I have never watched any of her shows before. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with a Murder, uh, Scandal, any of that. But I do recognize that she is very successful, especially Grey's Anatomy. I remember how Scandal was with everybody. So she has brought like a lot of success to ABC, which is owned by Disney. And I just can't believe they let her go. <laughs> well, no, they didn't let her go, but they they wouldn't give her a ticket for that. Yeah. And uh, allegedly said, uh, don't you have enough? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we done enough? <laughs> yeah. But it, it was an all-access pass, Byron. It wasn't a regular ticket. <laughs> I don't care. It's <laughs> $154, though. <laughs> That is terrible, man. So that's twenty percent of that's twenty percent of what Trump paid for his taxes, bro. <laughs> hey, Trump did pay taxes in China, <laughs> but uh, she leveled up, man, and said, "You know what? F you, f y'all. I'm going to Netflix." And how big so, was that contract? I, I don't know yet. I got to read up on it, man. But that's that's pretty dope, man. I just thought that was funny. And the last thing is, Rosie, shout out to you. I listened to your episode on uh, Wooisms, and I just want to say to the fellas on Wooisms, I heard that you said you also extended that invitation to Ferg and I, but that we probably was like, we don't know them fools. We ain't coming on there. That's not why well, I can't speak for Ferg. That's not why I didn't come. Damn, bro. I felt that it was a Hollywood invite. Like, Rosie, we really want you on the show. Oh, yeah, you can. Them other two niggas, they can come they want to. We really want. So that's why when you mentioned us, like, ah, they don't really want us on there. So we'd love to be on the show, man. If you ever do another one, we're definitely open to coming on. So good episode. Enjoyed it. And good job on there, Rise. You dropped you draw some jewels on there, bro. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Hilarious. Well, uh, for me, I got a few things. One, since we've been talking about people dropping a ball with these networks. ABC or is it CBS? Whoever the hell, how are you not letting us see? Oh yeah, the Halloween Charlie Brown special. I watch that every year in hopes that Linus sees the Great Pumpkin, and I felt like this was going to be his year. I felt like this was his year, and you gonna take it twenty twenty? How can you take that? That show's been going on since I think nineteen sixty six or nineteen sixty eight. One station. And all of a sudden, you're like, nah, we good. Hey, and now it's on Apple TV. Like we said, big bank, take little bank. And <laughs> Apple said, we want the peanuts. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's un-American, man. It's un-American. <laughs> well, second- ladies, ladies and gents, you can go to Apple TV Plus uh, and, and watch all of the uh, peanut specials if you like. So you just, you know, if you don't have Apple TV Plus, you just out of luck. That's how you feel, huh? Well, you I feel. mean, I got Apple TV Plus. I got mine. I got mine. Him fancy. I, I need your login, more, man. More and more Republican every episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Second thing, and I, I missed out on this last week. I wanted to take a moment and say uh, happy uh, belated birthday to uh, Greg uh, Cummings, my sister's dad, my mother's uh husband who passed a few months ago from uh, COVID yesterday. You, when you hear this, this will be Monday. His birthday was October 24th. And 
they celebrated him in Mobile this weekend. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't there. But I think they really did it in a way he would like. They actually went to his uh, gravesite and decorated his gravesite. He was big. He was like you guys, right? He was really big into Halloween. So they got like a pumpkin scarecrow type thing and stuff like that. It's really cool. Uh, set up, but uh, he was always big into Halloween, so I think that might have been his favorite holiday. So, but happy belated birthday! Um, on a brighter note, for anybody who listens to this, once again, October 27th, this is us starts back. And if you haven't watched it, you can start watching it. You got to start watching it's one of those shows you got to start watching from the beginning, you can't catch up in the middle, but um. Ani started watching it, and of course, I get the same thing that I hear all the time. No, I'm not Randall. I get I get that way too much, but I appreciate her watching it, and I think she's going to love the show. But I think, fellas, this has been a, a good week for us. You know, nothing too bad has happened, so not to hold us up too much more. You guys got anything else before we jump into this episode? Uh, are you dressing up for Halloween? Uh, we don't know what we're going to do. And it's like a Halloween costume store that I've been trying to stop by for the last two weeks that I just, I mean, it's literally probably three minutes away from my house and I just haven't stopped by, but I might, we might do something and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with the kids because like Rosie was saying, before we started recording, we're not going to trick or treat. I think we're going to go to the zoo as well. We just haven't figured out what day. It might be during the week, but uh, I refuse to go Saturday night because it's going to be packed at the Houston Zoo. What about you? Yeah, there's a chance all three brothers may dress up, so we may be posting posting that. Who are you dressing up as, Buff? I was going to be Bang, but that outfit was a little too expensive for your boy, so uh, I'm going to be Tupac. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, so so pull up the YouTube video when he came out the court spitting. That's uh, that's for you. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> Hilarious! I can't believe he went to court like that. <laughs> hey man, that's, and that's you. That's so you. I don't know what we're gonna do yet. We got a couple of days. I'm gonna go by the uh, by the store, and uh, here's a helpful hint for any of you guys that happen to like to play dress up. The day after Halloween, all those little nurses, cute little nurses costumes and all that stuff. For the cheap. Or yep. for the cheap. Yeah, so like 70%, 60, 70% off. Yes. Yep. Yep. So you get, you get the sexy nurse, the sexy, sexy cat. Kid. The sexy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. All that. So um, if you're going to be stuck at home for uh, the rest of the pandemic, you might as well uh, play a little dress up. So fellas, take your ladies to the Halloween store afterwards. Make a little date out of it. Three brothers put you on, save you some money. Man, I guess we we should have made that a commercial. Speaking of, let's go ahead and pay some bills. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Shanti, I, I think you have a good question for us. Can you can you bring us back? So um, I know you usually have a good question for us all the time. So I just want to hear what you have for us live today. Listen, yeah, I'm, I'm always pondering all these different things and what makes the world go round. And um, so as far as women's issues, um, you know, we're all the women on today are, you know, three professional women, you know, degrees, like all that good stuff. So um, I have had a few experiences either overtly or subconsciously where uh, in a professional setting, men have sort of undermined either like my ideas, strategies, like things I've tried to add to a, you know, a board meeting or a conversation and um, or have, you know, plain out said, like if if I was going to hire you over, you know, a typical white male, you would have to have like, you know, an advanced degree and, you know, have all these things ahead of this person. So I want to know, um, have you guys ever had an experience where maybe even subconsciously, because I think you guys are pretty, you know, um, you're, you're pretty respectful of women and all that good stuff, but have you ever had a experience where you underestimated a person maybe subconsciously or in a meeting um had to deal with 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 that and then realizing like this person this woman is actually uh more qualified than i thought any situation where you know you may have underestimated that person just by you know their gender or seems or seen someone be overlooked so as you was asking that question i was thinking long and hard um I think the the most recent example I can think of right now is uh, most of you guys know uh, that I work at the Capitol and I'm around the Senate chamber and a lot of times on the Senate floor. And we have a fairly new senator uh, from the state of Arizona uh, by the name of Kristen Sinema. And uh, by, I guess, senator standards, she's considered very, very attractive. She's blonde. She breaks the rules as far as the dress code on the Senate floor. Like she comes in there with like sleeveless dresses on and things like that. So it seems like all she care cares about is fashion. And I will admit when I first saw her, I was like, I did not take her seriously as a legislator, but I've seen some of the bills that she's proposed and how she's actively tried to work with uh, Republicans. Cause she's a Democrat. She's actively tried to work with them. And like, she is a very serious legislator that just happens to be into fashion. And it's not something you're used to seeing on the Senate floor. Like everybody's buttoned up, you know, what, how can I put it? Boring and serious looking and stuff. And then you have her coming in there. Like as of now, she literally wears like a purple wig on the floor. I kid you not a purple wig on the floor, a U.S. Senator, like think, uh, you got Mitch McConnell and, and all these old white guys. And then she comes strutting in there with like her, her Gucci heels on and everything. So that's one that that's one example I can think of right off the top of my head where I was like, I was wrong because she is uh, very serious and very vulnerable. And 
you know, I should have known from the start because she's a Democrat that won in Arizona, which is notoriously Republican. You know, John McCain and other Republican senators before him, Barry Goldwater. So um, that's that's one incident where I definitely underestimated a woman. Yeah, I've, I've got one kind of similar to that. Um, there was a female soldier lieutenant when I was a commander and she came in and she was tiny. When I say tiny, I'm talking like barely hit the minimum of being able to get in the army, like five, four, 11, five foot, you know, like super small. Uh, don't, don't look like that, Sean. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. So, That's her height. <laughs> so, you know, I, it, it was, it was just underestimating her thinking I was going to have to carry her a lot and, and, and give her a, a lot of extra grooming and, and, and support her platoon a lot more than I was going to have to support some of the other platoons. And she actually came in and blew me away. Like Byron was talking about with uh, Senator Cinema and like her, her bills, like she was probably, I, I, I actually top blocked her. I gave her my highest block um, out of all my lieutenants. And so like she killed it. I, I actually promoted or didn't promote her, but advanced her up to uh, my company XO before time. So ahead of her peers, she jumped uh, two people that had been in a platoon for uh, about six months longer than her. But she went, came in and she killed it. And so she became my XO uh, before those guys did. So like stuff like that, it's it's one of those things that I don't know if it was because she was female or because she was tiny. But either way it goes, I did. I I. I looked at the cover and, and judged the book by, and, uh, you know, was pleasantly surprised. So, uh, but, but I, I will kind of push back a little bit on the idea that that initial judge is a, a bad thing all the time. I mean, because the thing is you, you have to make assumptions, uh, anytime you go with anybody, you're going to make those assumptions. Uh, uh, and so what you need to do is make sure that you don't treat them differently until you can actually approve prove those assumptions, that's the that's the part that you know really kind of hurts. And, and, uh, and be open to admitting that you're wrong about that initial judgment. Yep. I'm gonna give you my answer in just a second. I just want you. I, <laughs> I just want y'all to know Renata's writing. <laughs> so I, I was one of those TV shows where like you're talking to a therapist or something. It's like you're writing. Something, like what you writing? What, what, what was that? What, is that good or is that bad? Hmm. Hmm. So don't mind me. I just like to have fun. Um, I've I've definitely done that, and I always try to go back and correct my myself and try to figure out why I thought that way. But like I think it's innate. We all make judgment calls. You know, I think daily, and. The, the one that stands out the most is when I first started at my uh, former company, ADP, I had um, I was partnered with this young lady who ended up becoming my manager later on. But I heard good things about her. But she was. She was a little older than us, but uh, beautiful black young lady. But she was from Oak Cliff, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. And so smart as all outdoors. But had that 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 inch of hood, but we're in like a professional setting. But she was always loud. She always she was all she was gonna she was gonna be her. And when they partnered with her, part me partnered me with her. I was cool because we had that 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 bond. You know, you know that one of the few black people in the, the company bond. But at the same time, I didn't realize how tight she was. 
Like when I say on her sh- on her sh- so she was my uh comp services partner for a year. The next year she ended up becoming my and she in, ended up becoming like my unofficial mentor. And then the next year she became my manager. And when I say I learned so much about sales and myself and not underestimating people or not even underestimating people having those thoughts about people. Cause I didn't underestimate her. I just, here she goes. And the thing about, I've never been, seen somebody be so comfortable being themselves in a sales environment, especially being in a city like Houston, going up to these professionals, being a black woman with a lot of these white CEOs, CFOs of these huge companies that want you to fit a certain mold. But she was her. Like she, when I say she did, if we had a meeting at nine o'clock, don't be surprised if she shows up nine ten nine ten. So we got CPT time. Like she literally showing up late. Like, Lord, I got to cover for, can you send me the address again? Like, God, right. Like we know about this meeting two weeks ago, but that was her. And she'll come in like my bad, my kids didn't know how to get out the house. And my husband was going to let me get like, she's going to walk in and do, I promise she's going to be there. And so people walk in and maybe that was, maybe she put it that way where you misjudged her early. And by the end of the meeting, she blew you away because she's going to tell you everything about your industry, why you should do this, why you should buy this, why you're behind the times, how this is going to impact your stuff. And all I can do is sit back in amazement. But the whole time, she's still going to be her. She might stop. Girl, I got to stop. I love your glasses. Like, where you get them from? I'm going to see my husband buy me. Send me, send me, send me your, like, we going we gonna to talk. At the, like, she would stop the middle of the meeting to talk about Renata's glasses and then j- jump right back in. And when I say I learned so much from her, and learn to be more comfortable in myself being in a sales role. Ashanti, you were in pharma, pharma sales. You know, I'm in medical sales now. You know, a lot of times you're, you're, you have to play, play ball. You have to fit this image, you know, especially walking in, being a young black male or female, they're going to already have you written off or have these ideas about you. But she was one of the best sales reps I've ever seen. Actually, a company developed a whole new role for her based off of her talent. And to this day, I still reach out her, to her. And I've been away from that company two and a half years, and she's still my mentor. I go back to her for sales advice. Ray, if you listen to the show, when she comments, she's going to say something smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, what about you guys? Have you have you guys felt that? Or, or have you done it yourselves? Right. I think sometimes and, and, we can be our own our biggest critics. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I felt that um, quite a lot. I would do seminars uh, throughout Florida and I'll go up and, you know, I'll, I'll say some things to people and they're like, oh, OK, yeah. Mm, all right. That might be true. And so a couple of times I've had a I forgot his name. He's um he's a doctor with the University of Florida and he we traveled in the same circuits. And so he would get up and he would essentially say the same thing that I just said. But people will be like, wow, what? I can't believe it. Is that true? And so then I would have these side conversations with him. And it, and I would, I would say, you know, I, I give the same information that you give. And people are shocked. And then they really, they, they may not even believe what I tell them. But I'll see you go up behind me and say the same thing. And they accept it. And I was like, I'm wondering, is it because, because I, I'm not a doctor yet? Like I, I don't have the doctor attached to my name yet. And he actually told me, well, that's part of it. But another part of it is that you're a black woman in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've encountered it so many times and it's really discouraging. But there are some people that, you know, understand 
what we go through, especially as black women, um, professional black women um, and in arenas that are predominantly male um, or that is predominantly white, to, to be quite honest. So it's, it's a constant struggle and it does play on my ego and it, it causes me to be insecure at times. It does. So that's something that I struggle with all the time. You know, I start second guessing myself. So when you, when you second guess yourself, is it anything you proactively try to do? And the reason I ask that is because for you guys that can't see me, like I said, I'm in sales. I have a beard. I have the the long hair. I'm not the, I'm already a black male, young black male coming and talking to doctors, nurses, CMOs, CNOs, CFOs of major hospitals. And I don't fit, I don't necessarily fit the mold, you know? And if I don't fit the mold, like I'm really stepping outside the mold. Like I'm not even the clean cut black guy. I'm the scruffy beard, long hair guy. So have you ever thought about, you know, trying to or felt the need to change or anything like that? Because I know sometimes I and I'm not, not trying to you as a suggestion, like sometimes like, you know, maybe I need to is it time for me to cut the beard and cut the hair again. Take the bass out your voice, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, I get well, a lot of compliments on the soothing baritone bravado, so don't get it twisted. <laughs> it gets me a lot of it gets me a lot of meetings. Oh, OK. I well, I'll say She's writing that. Uh, uh, I'll say I I never felt like I should change. In fact, I think it played to my advantage to just be myself. Um, even in pharmaceutical cells, I, I did have those feelings of, oh, I don't really relate to these clients. You know, they're doctors, they're older, they're, you know, more often than not, you know, these are older white males and that sort of thing. But actually I found that they're pretty fascinated with just, <laughs> I don't know, with our day-to-day stuff. I don't, I don't know how to really explain it, but just being myself and just talking about like, you know, what my weekend was like, I was, you know, single at the time in my twenties, all that kind of stuff. And um, I actually made some, um, I feel like I, I, uh, did pretty well in, in sales, just sort of, uh, you know, just sort of being myself unapolo- unapologetically. And that ended up working for me. It wasn't working when I tried to be super serious and just like, I want to be taken seriously. And, you know, I'm just, you know, going to go in there like as, you know, vanilla and conservative as possible. That didn't work for me so much as just kind of, you know, um, being myself and being transparent, but, you know, to your earlier uh, question, I have had at least three times in my life where I felt like it was very overt that I was almost not considered for an opportunity just because of, of being a female and, and, um, you know, and, and other factors very early on, I think I was in maybe fifth grade, I was in like a scholars bowl competition, and I scored higher than the guy in uh, the other boy in my class who ended up being the captain because the teacher could still pick the captain of the team. Um, even though I scored higher than him on the test, you know, she picked this white boy to be the captain of the team, and we ended up losing the competition and I knew all of the answers 
and he just froze. I don't know. He just got stage fright or something and froze during the competition. And we ended up losing the competition. So she still had discretion to choose who she wanted to be the captain, even though I outscored him. And I can't prove that it was, you know, because of because of that or anything. So I never, you know, I never pursued anything with that, but it always stuck with me. And then when I was dating my husband, uh, we went on vacation to, we went to Italy. We were in Venice, I think. And we were at a restaurant. We ran into some, uh, two older, older white, like, uh, veterans. They were, uh, former military and they were in business now or in some kind of, some, some kind of business. I don't know what it was, but they blatantly told me, cause my, my husband is a tall white male. He's, you know, six, four, two twenty. you know, nothing that anybody would discriminate against, I guess, as far as business. And they literally told me that they would hire him over me unless I had like an additional degree or something really spectacular, they would automatically hire him over me. So right to my face. And so that is something else that always stuck with me. And I wondered how many times has that has that happened, you know, when I deserved an opportunity and didn't get it. I'll, so <clears throat> I'll tell you probably a lot. Uh, let's just yeah. be honest out there. I, I mean, it, it's, it's happened a lot. It, it's happened probably to all of us here uh, multiple times as well. Like it's, you know, you go back to the whole, you got to be two times as good to get half as far as, as they are. And uh, unfortunately it's true. I mean, with the, there's plenty of studies that, that, bear it out and show that you know being black being a woman it's just harder you're not going to get the same opportunities even if you are equally qualified um you know even the pay gap thing I, you know i i hear guys trying to make excuses oh well you know if you account for the time they take off for maternity leave and everything else it would be the same and i'm like no they're talking about the person with the same job doing the exact same thing they still make 75 cents on the dollar, 60 cents by black women. I think it's 60, 62 cents or something. Yeah. So, so black yeah. Women are the most educated were paid the least. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy, man. So yeah, I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, Ashanti. What about you, Spoonful? All the time. So I'm just going to start with being 4'11", rising. Um, so <laughs> that's always, always in the mix. But um, a lot, especially when I was in dental assisting, because um, my first job right out of school was at the Coast Guard, Coast Guard base here in Mobile. And like you said, Renata, like you having the same information that the doctor has and you say it and it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Same thing with the captains and, you know, all these people coming in and here I am, this little short black girl, the only one in the building, um, telling them the same thing that the doctor's going to come and tell them. Like, I've taken the boards. I know the same information. I'm only giving you what I'm legally able to give you. Nothing more, but it's, it means absolutely nothing until Captain Smith comes in and she says or she has to say verbatim. <laughs> same thing I just said. Um, so that and then not 
because I can go on and on and on about me, but this is what I try to tell, tried past tense, to tell my students when I was at Fortis. It just worked my nerves. Like they, I'm not even going to get into the people that they just let into the program, but I'm like, if you're here and you're serious, you have to present yourself a certain way. You can't have eyelashes touching your forehead. Like there are things that you have to look at working in Mobile because these dentists will tell you straight to your face, I'm not hiring a black girl. And they're like, well, you work in the field. I also just got my black card. Ferg just gave it to me. <laughs> you got to know how to play the game. And it's sad that it's like that. But I worked in ortho with one of the most amazing orthodontists in Mobile. He was he was amazing. Then he brought in another um, a partner and the whole dynamic just changed. And that's when I kind of started to feel judged a lot. And, you know, I didn't know this and I didn't know that I wasn't good enough for this and that or whatever. And that's what I tried to tell them. Like... You have to present yourself a certain way. It's, it's, you, you can't be yourself all the time. At least get in there first. Get in there and then show them who you are for real. Because, I mean, that's what I end up doing. Like, I get in and then they, they get me. And they love me. But you have to get in first. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, like I said, I can go on and on and on. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm tiny. I keep quiet and all this stuff up front and it's just like okay she has no idea what she's talking about or what is she doing here or whatever but you you just have to do your thing and blow them away so this isn't a question but it's an observation because Ashanti mentioned the frustration of it and Sean and Renata kind of spoke on the same thing of having the same information as the quote more qualified person and it being received completely different but it's got to be it the frustration has to be compounded by the fact that if you stand up for yourself you can only go so far because if you go too hard then you're the the stereotypical angry black woman Mm -hmm. so like i said it's not a question but it's just like that's got to be just as frustrating as dealing with the doubt that you and just to hear renata who like Ferg, you mentioned all her qualifications at the top of the show. Just to hear that she says, right, she second guesses herself. I'm like, like that shocked me. I'm like, you seem like the most confident person in the world, mm-hmm. but but it's you still you're human, and that still can affect you at times. Absolutely, and and, and it was. Uh, I think Ferg mentioned earlier, like, do we feel the need to change ourselves? And ironically, um, I had to do a lot of soul searching and. <laughs> the result was I was me on steroids. Like I presented myself being like blackity black, black, like they got the locks. If you look at pictures of me presenting that I have on Ankara, I have on just anything, a dashiki, just something like, look, I'm blackity black, black. And right. I, honestly, it's not like I just walk around wearing that stuff all the time, but it was almost, it became almost like a costume. So like, this is what it is. Like, yes, I'm a black woman and I would start I would start presentations off with just something real shocking just to kind of shock them into listening. Then I'm like, fact check it. Like I may say, you know what? I'd rather work with a mom who was using meth than a mom who was smoking cigarettes. And they'd be like, oh, my God, like what? what? And so then I would start explaining why, because I have to get their attention some kind of way. So I ended up being me on steroids and it worked. And so I just, it's like I would have to be on all the time when I'm presenting, not just be, you know, the chill or not. I just have to be on to grab their attention. Otherwise, it's like, oh, it's just another, oh, she was probably affirmative action or, you know, just whatever yeah. they do. 
So yeah. Yeah. it's a rare, it's a, for me, it's a, I have to find that balance. So if I'm going to be this, this black guy who doesn't fit the norms a lot, you know, I'm not the tall, slender black guy that just walks into the room and dem- demands attention. You know, I'm not the, Bar- I don't walk in like Barack Obama, you know, but I'm also going to be, you know, I'm going to be me. I'm confident enough to, uh, I know what I know and I'm damn good at what I do. And I, and I, and I portray that, but then also at the same time, I know that, you know, you, you only have one chance to make a first impression. So like for me, it may be, maybe a part of it is cause I like fashion. Like I walk in and I, I'm usually going to be one of the best dressed people in the room just because I want you to know that I am who I am any stereotype you you give me is a stereotype you made yourself. Like I'm not gonna look. I'm not going to. I try not to give them food for fodder. Yeah. You know, like I want. I want to. I'm gonna be me. I want to surprise you. And I think sometimes it helps me because you you already have me written off. Mm-hmm. And then when you you're looking at your checkbook and starting to second guess how you've been in business, especially when I was at ADP, you've been in business 20 years, and I basically told you, hey, if you keep doing it this way. You're not going to be in, you're not going to be in business another five years because of A, B, C and D. Or when I walk into a hospital, I tell them how how backdated or outdated their processes are. And we all can agree to this is this, this. And you're lying. Pretty much you're lying to yourself. if you think this, you know, um, but it's tough. I mean, you have to be confident, you know, like it's like you said, Sean, you have like you say, you kind of have to be you have to get put your get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think once you get your foot in the door and you're confident at what you do, you can be the Renata. You can wear mm-hmm. what you want to wear. You know, you can be that. But sometimes, you know, there's added pressure because if you're if you're mediocre, right. you can't you can't you can't you can't wear what you want to wear. Mm-mm. You can't be that yeah. person. You got you no got you got to be. You can't be like. Yeah, like yeah, that's the black guy over there. You know, he's usually late. You know, he's, <laughs> he's kind of in the middle of the path. You know, he's, he's gonna, like, yeah. thing, like when, when I was talking about Ray, Ray's like they can't. The bars they can't touch me. Like she was there. Like they can't touch me. Like there's nobody out here. I, I feel there's nobody in Texas that I got can outsell me. Heads up, and I was like, you know what? I believe you. She's yeah. Like, I'm, she's like, I'm smarter than everybody. She's like. I'm smarter than everybody in this building. I'm like, damn, that's arrogant. But I believe you. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. I used to have to tell folks that, um, like, when I was in HR, like, folks would be like, you know, complaining. Oh, this person did this, this, and this, and nobody terminated them. They didn't get fired, but this other person did that, and they got fired. I'm like, well, that other person you talk about didn't get fired is the number two salesperson in our bank. So they get a little bit of leeway. I mean, they didn't break any rules, uh, but like you said, if they come in late and, and you know, our, our termination policy is like, you know, 14, 15, and you terminate based on uh, uh, tardies, I'm sorry, that manager may not be tracking them like that. And so because the, all they're going to be like, oh, they were out on a business call. That's why they're late. They were out on a business call. And you can't say nothing because they're the number two person in the company. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that you end up, you give it, you get a little leeway when you're better. But Sean, when you talk about how you can, you can go and get the job and then switch it up. Yeah. Don't do a 180. That's all I got to no. say. Like, because well, yeah. I've been burned as a manager. Releasha, if you listen to this, <laughs> I love you to death, boo. But 
Oh boy, she came to an interview. She was like, I was like, oh, this is it right there. Like super professional, this, that, and the other. She got that job and it was like, nails out. Like, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do a 180. Just, just. About 167, kind of. But what's unfair about this, and we're going to go on to the next question, is the fact that we can't afford to be mediocre. And if you are mediocre, you got it. You got to You can't stand out. Like if you're in the middle of the pack, you can't afford to stand out. Like you got to you got to hope that. Um, and especially if there's not a lot of people like I'm in a I'm in a company where I'm the only black person in the sales force for this Fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. medical sales. So like I can't be. At the bottom of the pack, I can't afford right. to be. Mm-hmm. But um, and if I am. I better not stir up any dust. You know, I can't make any complaints. You know, the squeaky wheel gets oil. I can't squeak. <laughs> like, I can't do it. You know, so. But also, if you're mediocre, everyone at every black guy that comes up for that job behind you, he's already going to have a stain on him. Exactly. So there's a lot of pressure. On that that's, that's, the issue. that's the issue is that we carry our entire race on our back. Yeah, every yes. time. Yeah. It's like we it, for all black people. Yeah, yeah. Like if yeah. we're mediocre, all black people are mediocre. But that white guy that's mediocre is the exception. Uh, yeah. uh you know, for that all white people aren't mediocre. That person, that individual is mediocre. That's the problem. That's uh, you know but you're not even gonna notice him because mediocre is just in one person. It's, it's a group of people who are mediocre. Like <laughs> he's just one of the many mediocre people. Like if it's a hundred people. The bell curve, like most of the people are in the middle of the bell curve. Like you have to be, you know, and it, and it sucks. Like, and it's scary because that, that hurts us from getting ahead because, you know, when I was with companies, like when people are like, dog, can you put me on? It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you got to think, like, if I put you on, I, it's going to, because I'm the one, I'm the one black person. If I put you on, they're going to know, like, now there's two of them. <laughs> They're connected. And, yeah, yeah. And 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 it's a sliding scale, right? If you come in and you mediocre, that, that slides me back too. My name's attached to you. Yeah. So again, carrying it on our back, man. Oh, it is what yeah. it is. Um, Miss Miss Spoonful of Sugar. You got you got something for us? <sighs> I had to actually um Google these people's names. Y'all know I don't know anybody. Lord. Um <laughs> Don't start. Oh, I knew her name was, is it Jenny or Jeannie or somebody? And she's marrying. Jeezy. I, I was going to say. Yes, yes. Jeezy, you say it? Okay, so yeah, them. So I, like a lot of other people, I didn't go past the headline. I just saw the, the headline when she said that she couldn't wait to submit to him when they get married. So I want to know if you guys expect if there's an expectation for your wife to submit to you and what does that exactly mean to you because I think it gets misconstrued a lot of times especially from us from women they're like I'm not submitting to my man he can't tell me what to do and blah 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 and Ferg we've gone back and forth this whole week pretty much <laughs> on, um, <laughs> on traditions and roles and all that kind of stuff so I know how I feel about it but I'll come back and say what I have to say but I want to know um, from y'all what you, you daggone right women need to submit it's in the bible <laughs> Have my dinner ready and my beer cold and my slippers waiting. I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for Tab hand to come in the video. 
to get snatched. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. That that was my silly answer, though. I, obviously, I don't really uh, mean that. I think, um, Rising, you are the best when it comes to the nuances of the relationship and how we think of it in a traditional way versus the non-traditional way. Um, believe it or not, you are moving me on the whole gender role thing. I know I, it seems like I always push back on it, but you are moving me on it. So I actually would like for you to go first. I do have a serious answer, but I defer to you because I think you're, you're great on these type of things. Ooh. For me, I I don't think it's a issue of submitting. I think it's, I always talk about the interdependent, interdependence of a relationship, right? And I feel like the woman needs to be able to submit in times where she needs to submit and she needs to take the lead in times where she needs to take the lead, whatever that is for your individual relationship. So, you know, there, there, are, there are relationships that the woman's the breadwinner and the guy's a house husband, you know, and if he's a house husband or a stay-at-home spouse uh, to be gender neutral, uh, then, you know, he is probably going to be taking more of those traditional female roles of leading the house and, and making all those decisions where the female may be making more of the, um, hey, where are we going to live? What city are we going to live because of the job and, and where it takes them and things like that. So I think it really comes down to the individual relationships. Now, I don't like that idea of, oh, you are going to submit. Um, Ferg has a good saying. I, I, I picked it up from him all the way back when we were in college. And he'd be like, 95% of stuff I don't care about. But the 5% I do, you're going to submit to me. So that, and, and that's the thing. It's like that 5%, when I put my foot down on that 5%, I really care about it. And yes, you're going to submit. Uh, I, or, you know, I, but at the same time, if, you know, when Jen was alive, it was it was five, 10, maybe even 30 percent that she was just like she was going to put her foot down. And it was like, here's how it's going to be. And I submitted to her on those things. So just depending on the relationship, we need to learn how to submit to each other uh, and let each other lead. But that comes from a conversation on the front end. This is not, you know, 200 B.C. where. All right. The man had final say on every little thing and the woman has no say on anything. I think the conversation needs to be had is, hey, who's taking the front? Who's taking lead on these individual things? And and during our relationship, as we come across something that we haven't discussed, I mean, we that may end up being conflict. That may end up being an argument. But all right, let's figure out who's going to take the lead, who's going to get say in these situations. Or is it something that, hey, we got to talk about every time? Like me and Jen had a rule that if, if we were spending over $100, we had to um, you know, review with each other. Basically, both of us had to agree to it. Uh, so either one of us had veto power on uh, an expense over $100. Jen got over it. I'm going to tell y'all this, though. What she do is she spend $25 seven times and be like, no, I didn't spend over $100. <laughs> that, was, that was her way around it. But... <laughs> But you are pretty gullible, so, you know. I am. I'd go for it. Okay, baby. <laughs> wow. First off, I, I kind of, I don't really like the word submit. Um, that's, it's a very, very strong word. But kind of like what Rosie said, I don't know what my percentage is, if I have like that 5% I care about. But it's just, I think for me, I, I'm strong in some areas. She's strong in other areas. So, so whatever she's strong in, and we're dealing with that. I may have my suggestion or two, but 
if I feel like her her idea is better and I know that's her strength, then we're going to roll with that. Vice versa. Like our daughter, when she was first born, she had a few issues. She had like a lot of breathing problems. She was diagnosed with RSV and now later it's asthma. So there were quite a few nights where we had to make the decision if we were going to take her to the emergency room. And I'm not going to lie. I was a typical man. A lot of times, like I'm, I'm tired. I'm sleep. It don't seem that serious to me. I don't think we need to go to the emergency room, but if she said we going to the emergency room, she ain't getting no pushback from me. I'm just grabbing my, like in my mind, I might be like, man, God damn, you know, emergency room, <laughs> just put some Robitussin on it. But, <laughs> but I defer to her and I, I would submit and we definitely would do those things. So I just think it's all about uh, what your strength is in. And if you've made it to the level of a serious relationship or, or marriage, then you've already, hopefully you've already done some submitting or compromising in certain areas and you're used to it and you're not looking at it as taking a loss. Like the goal should be to do what's best for you as a couple and for your household. So there should be no, I I have to win this time and I can't lose that time or whatever like that. It should be what's best. And it definitely should just be a lot of compromise. So I don't think the woman should always have to submit to the man. And I, I hear a lot of women, they have a problem with that word. And I hear a lot of women say, I'm not submitting to a man that ain't, that ain't got his stuff together. Then why, why are you even with a man that, <laughs> that you're not even considering submitting to? Like you shouldn't even be with that person. So that's just my little, my little two cents on it. Well, my, mine might be the unpopular opinion, but hear me out first. So, I don't think submitting is an expectation. It's just a hope. And the reason I say that is anybody that knows me and Z, I feel like we have a very vibrant, loving relationship. I mean, she makes me better in all things. And we're not super religious, but we're very spiritual. And one thing we've done is taken a lot of knowledge journeys together. And sometimes we pick and choose where we pull examples of how we're going to navigate our relationship. And one of the things we did do, so uh, when I asked uh, my wife to be my wife, we were planning our wedding and everything like that. And she said, you know, she really didn't want to have a wedding. She was more interested in just being my my wife than my bride. And she, her only request was that we went to premarital counseling. And at that time, we were going to a church called Higher Dimension. And we went through premarital counseling through our church. And one of the things we took from it and that we stand by uh, was Ephesians uh, 22. Five and twenty-two, but I think it has a bad rap because we only talk about one part of it. We talk are, about. Are, are you quoting scripture to us? We <laughs> like, choose, like, bro. Are, are, <laughs> are you better than us now? <laughs> no, no. But we pick and choose when we do it, and then I. Somebody asked me a question. <laughs> I'm not just gonna quote it when when it's not ready. What was it? Ephesians? What five and twenty-two? Five and twenty-two. So it says, it says, and I'll start with my part. I mean, cause this is what the church taught us. It was like, I can't, my job is not to make her submit. That's her duty and her, 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 her thing that she has with God and vice versa. My duty is husbands love thy wife as Christ, Christ loved the church. And so that's what I had to learn. So I'll get to the submit part later, but 
the interpretation of that and the way we took it is at the end of the day, um, and if you're going religious, you know, from biblical text, Christ gave his life for the church. He gave his life. And so he was willing to die. And so when it comes to me, my duty is to be willing to die for my wife. Not that I'll jump in front of a bullet, whatever the case. It's, hey, if this is her need, parts of me might have to die for her to grow. So if it's, I used to go out a lot. I'm a people's person. But if there's some insecurities where, hey, I don't like you going out with these single friends, da, da, da. But I'm a good guy. I'm not going to. But if that was the necessity in our life and I needed to do that for her, my love for her superseded anything else going on. And one of our I got engaged. We got engaged the weekend we were up there with Byron and Tab. And I take this, you know, to heart. You know, we were talking about actually an ex-girlfriend that I was still I was still cool with. I have a lot of female mutual. I have a lot of female friends that I'm just cool with. And Tab was like, at the end of the day, is your friendship more important than her, her, her feelings about this? And the selfish me wanted to say, it's not that deep, but it, nothing benefited our relationship from me having a relate, uh, still having a relationship with my ex-girlfriend. And so I, I cut that because, and I, and I, to this day, I, we still joke about like, I don't agree with it, but because I love you so much and I'm willing to, love you and make all the sacrifices I need to make, which in my world is submitting to your, your, your needs and submitting to your will. But her job is not to make me love her. That's my job. My job is to love her no matter what. And vice versa, what she took from that wives submit to your husband as uh, the church submitted to Christ. And the, what she took from that, the first part is that when you submit to Christ, and I hate doing this because it makes me sound super religious, is it's a choice. My wife chooses to submit to me. It's not an expectation. When she chooses to submit, that is her will the same way I choose to love her. That like when we're not seeing eye to eye, I can't be like, well, you need to be submitting. Like, nigga, that ain't your job to tell me to submit. That's me and God. Like if I'm if I'm submitting, that's between me and him. <laughs> Are you doing what you're supposed to do on your end? And vice versa. Like we don't we don't have that 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 dynamic. And her submitting to me is her saying, you know what? I choose to let my husband lead. And I, I have faith that he's going to lead in a loving manner where when, he, when I make decisions, I consider my wife and kids in every decision I make because those are the highest things on my value chart, my family. And so she submits comfortably because she knows that when I make decisions, I'm making out of love. And I don't, and we discuss everything. Like, and Rosie tell you, I'm, I'm a, I overanalyze everything. I'm going to be, I have analysis paralysis. So I'm going to ask, you know, like I was out the other day. I've been wanting to buy some glasses from Worley Parson for about six months. We actually went in the store. I was about to bomb. I still can't make a decision on it. Like I don't make rash decisions. So I, I, I consult with her on damn near every decision that goes on in my world. She is my she is my guide. She is my my better half. But it, it's a dynamic that works together. And whether you call it submitting, loving, compromising, whatever the case may be, I think it's just a, a, a separate term. We just we just change the terminology. But I think we give it a bad rap because men a lot of times use that to their advantage and they don't talk about like, hey, are you doing your part? Are you are you loving? Don't worry about what she's doing. 
don't worry about what she's doing because she's a she's she's our own person. My wife is our own person. She has she has the freedom to do whatever she wants to do. I can love her to death and she's not submitting. It might not make me happy, but that's her that's her right. And hopefully I can love her harder and maybe maybe I'm not doing something. Maybe I need to do more to make her feel like my husband is somebody I, I can I can I can choose to let lead because to me that's that's all her submission is it's her choosing to let me lead it might sound mannest or whatever it might sound like gender roles but like I said she has just as much say in our relationship as I do and vice versa but we just choose the terminology differently I hope that made sense I hope I don't people don't hate me too much when when Rosic was talking I was looking at Renata I would not want like you does your husband even bother to even argue with you, or does he just say, "All right, fine, you got it"? Because like I was looking at you, it's like you were thinking on like rebuttals and comebacks, and oh, so, I know she was. She was like, <laughs> I, I know she was. I, I saw her right now at one point. So, but yeah. any, but 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 Sean, Renata, Ashanti, how do we do with that answer right there? Great. I loved all the answers. Ferg, I actually love yours the most, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> who, who, what is an anomaly? <laughs> Moving up the favorite brother charts. <laughs> now, I'm on, now I'm number three. <laughs> I'm in the top three of the three brothers. <laughs> Working your way on up. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah. How do you ladies feel about it? I lo- I'm I now, because <laughs> in my in my first marriage, that was like the, one of the issues. Because he is a man, he think he is. He thought he was the man because I'm the man. You do this because I I'm the man. Like period. That's what it is. And I'm like, no, that's really not what it is. I don't even know how I ended up here. But um, <laughs> so now, like, I look at it more like you do. Like, I will choose to submit to someone that I know has the best interest for me, and it's always thinking of everything and not just making rash decisions and not just wanting me to go along with whatever it is that he said. So I, I lost track of what I was saying because my mind is going a hundred miles per hour on this topic right now, but I'm trying to stay in the nucleus here. So I'll pass it on to somebody else. <laughs> well, you can always come back in for us. Right? I like where you were going with it though. Ashanti, you want to jump in? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I like what all you guys said. I do think to Byron's point, like, why are you with anybody who you can't submit to? So I think we kind of go as as women, we kind of go through that. Like, I don't know if it's sometimes we date people. We think we're going to nurture them and mold them into like whatever we want them to be and this and that, but I, I feel like we backfire there and I've done that in the past as well, where it's backfired and I had to realize like, I don't respect this person, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to realize like I was kind of wrong for taking on this uh, project <laughs> and you know. Project. It is. I had to change stage by approaches just like okay um you know next go around like I I was pretty much set on not getting married again I, this is my second marriage and um you know I got married really young and we were still kind of growing up both of us so I I won't just try to make it look like he was just this terrible person but 
that you can't just you can't try to build or mold a man like that's his mama's job. So uh, you have to be with somebody who you do respect and you trust their leadership or, you know, in, in my case, I'll say I was content with being on my own because I was doing very well, you know, on my own you know, financially and, you know, otherwise I was quite happy, you know, just doing my own, own thing, living by myself. I was very happy to just, you know, watch my little lifetime movies and clean my house and whatever. And I didn't really feel like I was missing any, missing out on anything. So I will say just to me, if if you can't submit to the person, like, Maybe that's not who you need to be with. And yes, to to Ferg's point, that person, their responsibility is to love you, right? And have your your best interest in mind as well. So, you know, that that's kind of my my thoughts on that is if you can't submit, you need to probably rethink like if you're with someone who's not making good decisions and you can't trust, then you're probably, you know, barking up the wrong tree. I like that. Miss Renata, what do you have for us? So submission, it's, it's, it's so many different layers to this, but um, I've never met a person that had a problem with submission. Never. Because we all submit. We submit to supervisors, bosses. Mm. We submit to our kids. We submit to teachers like we're we're all submissive people just naturally. We we are. We're submissive. So when it comes to a relationship, if you've done all this submitting throughout your entire life and now you're in a relationship with someone and submission isn't going on, the problem isn't submission. The problem is a lack of trust and a lack of respect. So like I think all of you touched on it. Uh, uh, bits and pieces of it. Um, Ferg, I, I agree wholeheartedly with pretty much everything you said and what, what Byron said, but what all you guys said, because if the respect and trust isn't there, you're not going to submit. So there's never really a problem with submission because we all do it. It's more so trust and respect. Yeah. yeah. And I think that title, sometimes people don't like to admit that they're submitting. Like mm-hmm. you, when you said, we all submit and you start listening like all of us were like, yep. yeah, yeah, like we all. But, you know, like, I ain't submitted to no like you submit to your job. You submit to you submit to that clock. You submit to your paycheck. You submit you yeah. submit to everything. Yeah. You know, that's how the world works. You you know, you're living within your parameters. But when it comes to submitting to that other person and I, I and for you ladies, I, I think you guys have been dealt a, a, a bad hand for the most part because we we rarely talk about the second part of that, though. Mm-hmm. We rarely talk about it. And it's not just when I love in the general term love. But, you know. And when you go back to that Bible, it's like he was willing, Jesus willing to die. It's like, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. That That's the biggest part. And that's when my when Z chooses to let me lead. That's what her submission is. She's choosing to let me lead. And my my decision is based off of, you know, my love for her is going to we're going to talk about it. So the example they gave in premarital counseling was, okay, Men, 
you know, you're a mama's boy. You love your mother to death, whatever the case may be. Mama wants to move in with y'all, but her and your wife don't get along. Your wife's not on board. How do you handle it? And that was a question. And that just kind of, it was, there's no right or wrong answer. Unless you're just like, my there's mama's wrong moving. answer. <laughs> there's there's no, a wrong no. answer to that one. <laughs> my, my mama's moving in regardless. And you don't cons- consult that person. Or no, your mother can't move in here. No questions asked. There has to be a conversation. And then it was, I know this is my wife. My wife is a queen of this household. You know, I have to respect her wishes. She should be comfortable. Da, 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 da. And I, I think through all that. And understanding like, hey, my husband knows the relationship between me and his mother. And he wouldn't purposely do anything that's going to upset the balance of our house. So if he feels this is correct, then I might not be 100 percent on board, but I'm going to yield to his wishes the same way. Hey, my wife, this is going to upset my wife. I'm going to yield to her wishes. So at least having that conversation and understanding that you both have a part in this, you both have true feelings behind this. And when we come to that decision, you know, whether she moves in or she doesn't move in, this is how we went about it. And if my husband decided to make this decision, you know, he really considered me, he consulted with me and he made it. And, you know, I'm going to get on board. Or he said, no, I can't be holding it over my wife's head. So you wouldn't even let my mama move in. I mean, I never, she, she, that's why y'all don't get along now. Like you can't, you can't go back and forth. They're like it's, that's the kind of the, the beauty of it, you know, and it didn't end well for everybody in that conversation, in that, uh, that training session. Cause it was a hypothetical. And by the time that conversation was over, like they might not make it through premarital counseling. Yeah. Cause I mean, it got real like, and he, you know, I like your mama. Like, Hey, this is hypothetical, hypothetical here. So yeah. I just want to say, like, um, after growing up being bamboozled into thinking I need to be strong and independent, you know, finding a man that I could submit to was a luxury. Um, mm. It's like I'm it's like I have to be a boss at work, I have to make all these decisions, make all these moves. I was a single mom for a long time. So when I finally found a man that I trusted enough and I respected enough to submit to. That was a luxury. So for me, it's like you don't know what you're missing if you if you got the <laughs> attitude that no, I'm independent and I'm strong and I'm never going to submit to a man. It's like why are you carrying around all that burden <laughs> if you have a good? It, 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 I mean, what studies study say you you can only make so many decisions in a day, uh, and, and so. If you are feeling like you can't submit to that man, you can't let him make one decision. You have to make every decision. Like, why are y'all in a relationship, right? But like, it, that, like but is he it her, should be pulling but, some of that burden off of you. But is it their fault? Because a lot of times, like she said, she was bamboozled. This is how you're taught. You have to be a strong, independent. That's that is. If you look up black woman in a defin- in a dictionary, that's what you're going to see. Yes, and that's, and that's what they're taught. That's why I missed out on the black card when it was handed out because I was the complete opposite. I was told, like I was, I was formed to to submit, not to be strong and independent and all this kind of stuff. It was after the divorce that now I got this kid. I have to be strong and independent and do all this stuff by myself. Now it was, I think it was just yesterday. I'm like, I'm sick of this. 
I'm tired of being independent. I'm ready for somebody to come in and take over some of this stuff. You want to go quick? I need an oil change right now. Like, I'm ready. That's all we're good for is an oil change. Like, what is that? Yeah, you know what? You know what, Renata? I think we're slowly coming around on that because we used to praise that term, strong black woman. But I I think Ferg was one of the first people to bring it up. And I've seen it more and more now. Like, why do our women have to like struggle so much and, and, and that be considered like some badge of honor to yeah. be considered a strong woman? Like let's, yeah. let's normalize not making our women be, have, have to show that strength. Like you yeah. can be strong, but don't put them in a position where they have to always show that strength. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know, y'all, y'all know my, y'all know my catchphrase on it. My catchphrase on it is independent equals single. I was waiting on you to say that. Yeah, you know, every time, every time it comes up when people start talking about independent, if you want to be independent, you need to be single. We, we we have a badge of honor on, the, on so many of the wrong things, but it, it's a catch twenty two because of some of so so many of them necessary. A lot of our women are taught to be strong, independent because man, we've dropped the freaking ball. Like it's just it is what it is. Like when I wanted to get married, and I was looking for men to look up to on how they treated their wives, treated their raised their family and stuff like that. It was very hard for me to find that complete package. I had to start looking to people my age. Like I looked up to Byron and Rosie, people who were my age. When it came to those things, looking for people to to teach and talk to about those things. And so for men, like we're 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 taught we're taught wrong from day one. And so then you guys have to deal with us. And yeah, you should be if I was a woman, I would be independent and strong too, because everything taught me I should be. You know, I've seen too many independent black women having to raise our kids, the single mothers. You know, when you start pretty much going down the majority of our families, our our black females ran our families. And so we're slowly trying to change that too, ladies. Like I know the three of us, we definitely speak out on a lot of the the quote normal behaviors. All right, man, this has been definitely one of my favorite episodes to record. It might just be me. I I feel enlightened. I need to get back. I do a lot of more, a lot more research um, to be better. But uh, appreciate you, ladies, for joining us, man. Uh, Sean, Renata, and Ashanti, man, it's been a pleasure having you. So we're about to do our parting shots real quick. Uh, we're gonna start with you, Miss Ashanti. Take us out. Uh, I don't really have anything. Just, you know, uh, thank you guys for having me on. I'm honored to be on here. I listen to you guys every week um, and I just appreciate um, all of the the content that you guys put out. Uh, There's a lot of podcasts out there, but not a lot that really really speak to the issues the way that you guys do. So, So I appreciate that. Well, appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Spoonful of sugar. What you got for us? First, well, just follow me. Mobile Spoonful of Sugar on Facebook and Instagram-ish. I'm trying to figure out Instagram. That's a whole nother world, but I'm on there from time to time. Um, so follow me there to stay. 
Okay. Oh, that was the okay. worst endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> but the food is yeah, good. I'm the queen of Facebook. I got that one. Um, so yeah, follow me on my personal page, Orange Move and Mobile Spoonful of Sugar, to see what I'm experimenting with in here in this kitchen where I'm going to be this weekend. I'm doing it this weekend coming up. Doing a festival in Satsuma. I think I just decided on that today. <laughs> so I'll be there. Other than that, I'm at 1850 Airport Boulevard in Mobile inside of Midtown Works. Um, let's see. I, it's so much other stuff. I'm, I'll be certified to teach children's yoga soon. So stay tuned for that. Thinking about doing some cooking classes on Zoom. Stay tuned for that. What else I got? I think that's it for now. I'm kind of upset that I didn't get my theme music, though. I kind of needed Diva to come into this thing tonight. But Raji. <laughs> Is, so is he still your favorite? Yeah, Rodney Ra- may add it. He may add it once he edits. <laughs> once he edits the show. Yes, yes, yes. Look, we are gonna we're gonna risk getting sued by Beyonce <laughs> just to give you some Beyonce music. Okay, hey, that's Beyonce one, don't sue su- That's don't one of the good us, problems. Su- Sean. That's a good problem. <laughs> But that's it. I love y'all. Thank you so much. I feel like um, I feel like Hooli. Now I gotta go do a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Go. Are you doing anything special for the holidays, like Thanksgiving? Like, do we need to start putting oh. orders in now? When are you gonna yes. put your your holiday menu up? I'm all about. Oh. Okay. Because I'm not a I'm not a dessert person. I'm more of a snacker. <laughs> but when I see your desserts, I'm slowly converting. <laughs> Even stuff I know I don't eat, I'm like. Yeah, I might have to try that. So. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll put up a menu. I re- I usually just take requests. Just somebody just give me something. I'm like, oh, I haven't tried that yet. Let me try that. So I'll do that. And then I have my my staples that I do, like the gluten-free and vegan cinnamon rolls and brownies and cookies. It's, and- <laughs> it's good with gluten-free. I don't even know gluten. All the gluten. Give me, all, yeah, give me, all, give me all the gluten you don't use. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I will post... Um, a menu for the holidays. I'm Appreciate it. <laughs> what about you, Miss Renata? You gonna close us out? Yeah, sure. I just want just want to say that um, black women, we have scars. Our scars may be in places where you may not visibly see them, but we have them. You know, love on us, protect us, empower us, but but don't empower us by our resilience to overcome our traumas. You know, empower us by our qualities, you know, our attributes, what we give to the world. We give so much, but, you know, we need more giving back, like pour into us because we're always pouring out into the world. So we need that. We need that love. We need that protection. Pour into black women. And if you need some um, some healing and some love, um, I'm a licensed clinical therapist. You can find me on Instagram at the Renata. Very well said. So, Ferg, Fer, do we get pardon shots too? Or it's just a not at all, man. You can't we, follow that. Going to do our um, personality. Oh yeah. Are hey. you, are you... Oh okay. So oh, yeah, I, I, I did take some notes, Ferg. I did. Oh boy. <laughs> so, all right. So this is just my quick guess. This is without having like you know a lot of time to put it all together. Um. So, Ferg, <laughs> what I came up with. Now, this is your MBTI, your Myers-Briggs that I came up with. So, you have a preference for ESTJ. So, a preference for extroversion, not an extrovert, because nobody's just an extrovert. 
a preference for extroversion means you get your energy from people, right? And S is for um, basically you work on systems. Like you like things lined up. You need to see facts to put stuff together and for it to make sense. And the T is for thinking. Like you think in terms of a whole picture, you're fat-based. You're like uh, a fat checker. It has to make sense. It has to logically make sense. And then the J is for uh, like justice-oriented. You feel like uh, there should be consequences for things, and the consequences should be aligned with whatever the deed was that was done. I appreciate you taking it easy on me. <laughs> no, that's just no, I, I, I can. Uh... This I, little I session think, today. I think that was a uh, pretty spot on. Rising, you know me better than damn near anyone. How did that sound? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to hear mine. Okay, so yours is pretty similar to Ferg somewhat, but I put you as I as possibly I N T J. So whereas you have a preference for introversion, whereas you um, you get your energy back from like uh, being by yourself, like uh, internal thoughts, as opposed to getting it from other people. So, and then I also have you for the structure. Cause I mean, just look at, just looking at you, I mean, your tools are like perfectly aligned. Everything's in order. So <laughs> that's how I have you. <laughs> so yeah, ISTJ. Yeah, and so Byron, I, I, I will tell you though, um, I, I've taken Myers Briggs multiple times over the years, and okay. I am an ESTJ. Uh, oh. So I, I am extroverted. It's weird, but I it I don't know if I, I think everybody else knows that I've been diagnosed with PTSD. I don't know if the P, PTSD has changed that or changed that personality a little bit. Uh, but even after I was diagnosed with PTSD, I still came out as an ESTJ on my answer so i i don't know that's weird i i, I you about that but you yeah. you you can you flip back and forth you have your moments you have yeah your moments. that's why we say a preference and not so much you know nobody's just intro nobody's an introvert and no one's an extrovert we have preferences we're born a certain like well i believe like well carl young we're, we're born with a certain personality type but environmental influences kind of change it along the way like you know how young black girls are taught to be you know strong and independent well that might not be their personality type but because of their environment what they're taught and what they're seeing it could just be survival it changes along the way so yeah Byron Uh, you're (laughs) B-U-F-F-F right it was really hard for me to get yours because I didn't it, it was hard you're a tough one so I don't know um I do think that I, I'm pretty sure that there is a J on the end of that. Um, like you, you're, you're judging. I think that I'm, I'm pretty good on that. that one. Wow. But the rest, yeah, I don't know. I really can't, I can't, I couldn't read it quite yet. Okay. It's because you didn't was, talk as much. Like Fern talks all the time. So it was really easy for me to kind of, <laughs> We literally talked about that before we started recording, too. <laughs> I want to know mine. Okay, I did write yours down. Okay. So, I have you down as ENFP. So, the E, preference for extroversion, and then the N is intuitive. 
So you you look at um, you use your intuition to make decisions. It's not just you don't need just the facts laid out in front of you. You kind of just you trust your gut a bit more. You go with that. And then um, feelings. So you're driven more so by feelings. You look at the impact of people more so logic. And then the P is perceiving. I'm perceiving too. So basically, we're not necessarily planners. We could kind of just change on the whim. We need change. Like we can't really just do the same thing for too long. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So we're perceiving. We're always perceiving for what's the next thing. What's the next thing? <laughs> so, so is that? Do you, do you have to like physically? You have to see our body language to do that. Like, are you able to do a shanti? Or because she's not visible, you were not able to. So I, I started writing down some for Ashanti, but I, I want to talk to because so I don't necessarily need to see you, but it does. Like if you're not actually, you know, sitting down doing the actual test, it helps if I do see you. So I'm not sure. I'm thinking STJ, but the in, the I and the E, I, I don't really know. But I'm thinking definitely S. T and the J. Like, I just feel like your, your structure, you probably have things like organized on the schedule. I'm going to do this, this, that, and the other, and things need to make sense for you to proceed, but it's kind of hard to do it without seeing you. Uh, this is like I, a, I, three, this is a three brothers first right here. I, I'll just say this. I know first said we couldn't have a parting shot, but one of the reasons I wanted Renata on here is because on a lot of uh, posts on Facebook, uh, we we have a common friend that likes to post a lot of um, I wouldn't say ch- uh, trolling, but he posts a lot of things that trigger people, and she <laughs> she's one of the few people that can get on there and just like obliterate you know, him. Yeah, well, yes, 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 she, she, she hit him with that's the what... facts. She she'll hit him with the facts. Like he come with like this whole opinion based thing and all this other stuff, and she just came with the facts. And uh, I don't. Like I rarely engaged you on social media, Renata, but I do want you to know I, I've always watched a lot of your posts and opinions on certain posts from afar. So it was like really great having you on. And I just want to say for Sean, the people in Mobile, like uh, the gyms, the doctors, the bigger you get, they need to definitely thank you as you continue to to, to fatten up Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Uh, with your food. So when Fur said you should follow Spoonful of Sugar, you definitely should because she makes some great looking. Uh, and like it's not just sweet; she makes other other types of food also. So sending your request and Ashanti, I felt the same way uh, about you as I did with Renata until you said you didn't like Heath Ledger's version of the Joker. I, I've never heard anybody say that before. So now I got a question. I got to go back and question everything you've ever written. <laughs> what do you have to say for that? say I didn't like it I just said I don't think they gave other you know I, I was saying I don't think they gave um Jared Leto a fair shot I think they were shooting him down too early <laughs> not against <laughs> Heath Ledger okay. I think he's joking I, I, like I think that was Jamil. I think Jamil said that okay okay I can see I can see Leto just his joker being a good joker if the movie was good Exactly. I, I, I think the movie exactly was so bad. Said, that it, yeah, yeah. I would I watch. I would watch him as a Joker. Like, oh yeah, his... the whole that whole like pimp Joker that <laughs> looked like that could be a whole movie on its own. 
Yeah, All right. yeah. There's an animated version of that. So I, but I, you know, I don't want to get too Nerd much land. into Nerdland. Ah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, three brothers, no sense. Uh, man, this was a hell of an episode. I really enjoyed it. Or episodes, I guess. It's going to be episodes. It has to yeah, be we'll break this into two, so yeah. So, really appreciate you ladies giving us your sad. Um, Three Brothers No Sense. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. <laughs>